0: this month on episode 27 of the global credit union podcast. What we are doing at the programmatic level as technicians is
1: working specifically with the credit union to number one, have a better diagnostic of the current landscape when it comes to these credit unions and the ability to serve
0: SMEs. That's Erpin Jateng, Acting Chief of Party for the USAID Cooperative Development Program and World Council of Credit Unions Technology and Innovation for Financial Inclusion, or TV Project, which focuses on growing small and medium enterprise or SME lending through credit unions. Erpin joins the podcast to talk specifically about the critical need for more SME lending in Africa and how the project is both assisting credit unions to accomplish that through its SME lending toolkit and the creation of new digital solutions. I'm Greg Newman, Director of Communications for World Council of Credit Unions. A look at WOKU's SME lending efforts in Africa through the TV project is up next on the Global Credit Union Podcast. Welcome back, I am joined now by Erpen Jatang, Acting Chief of Party for the USAID Cooperative Development Program's Technology and Innovation for Financial Inclusion or TIFI project, which is administered by World Council of Credit Unions in Kenya, Burkina Faso, Senegal, and Guatemala. Today, we are focusing on the TIFI project, small and medium enterprise or SME lending efforts in those first three countries in Africa. Erpen, welcome to the Global Credit Union podcast.
1: Thank you, Greg. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Uh, First, for people who are listening to this and they've never heard of CDP, the cooperative development program run through USAID, what is it and why is it of particular interest to organizations like World Council of Credit Unions?
1: Thank you, Greg, for that first and very important question. I think as you mentioned it, it's important for our audience to understand the action led by the U.S. government when it comes to developing cooperatives across the world. First, it's important to highlight the fact that the Cooperative Development Program, or CDP as an acronym, has been around for over 25 years, and its primary mandate is to develop cooperatives across sectors in the world. Primarily, we have agricultural cooperatives, we have financial cooperatives, health cooperatives, worker cooperatives, and several other cooperatives that actually focus on economic sectors that contribute to their GDPs. So in this light, USAID sees the importance of the cooperative model as a business um, as a business approach, whereby folks come together and manage these institutions that are income-generating activities, and they contribute greatly to the economies. For example, in Kenya, cooperative make up a sizable percentage of the GDP in terms of their participation across these sectors that were forementioned. We have uh, other places, um, like in the United States, where credit unions do participate in the economic development of their communities. So USCID has seen that as an important aspect of looking at cooperatives, not only as associations of members, but as businesses. And through CDP, we have this amazing opportunity to work alongside these partners in uh, these local uh, local places or countries or developing countries or emerging countries, as a matter of fact, where we can work hand in hand to go to the same goal of building them, of growing them, of enabling them to have uh, a better approach to managing their resources Particularly for the World Council, it is very important for us to continue this relationship with the US government through USAID to ensure that we can build financial cooperatives that are also called credit unions. That's in our name, that's our bread and butter. We work to ensure credit unions are able to service their members, and grow them along the way. So for us, working with USAID for these past uh, 25 years, implementing CDP has been not only an honor, but we look forward to additional
0: opportunities to
1: continue growing this portfolio of amazing projects.
0: Yeah, you mentioned 25 years and TIFI, which started in 2018, the latest in a long line of CDP projects that World Council has administered. But this one specifically focuses on the need for more lending to small and medium enterprises. When it comes to the African countries, the TIFI project works in, how great is that need and why isn't the need being met by the market itself? I will start,
1: first of all, by talking about the makeup of a lot of economies in sub-Saharan Africa and in a lot of developing countries, as a matter of fact. The informal sector tends to make up over 80 percent of the economy. And when we talk about the informal sector to situate uh, folks here, we're talking about people who have income generating activities that are not necessarily formal. That in itself is a big uh, obstacle and inhibitor um, when it comes to the financial market. Because again, financial institutions uh, thrive to make capital available through debt uh, to a lot of their constituents or clients or members, as we call them in credit unions. Particularly here, when we are looking at the countries where we currently work, the same statistics, when it comes to informal sector, applies. Our work under this TFI project, which started again, as you said, in 2018, was to change the ballgame when it came to enabling our credit unions to work uh, more closely with their members who are also owners of small and medium enterprises across various sectors. For example, when we take a country like Senegal, we have a lot of members uh, in the credit union that we are currently supporting, the system that we are currently supporting, PEMICAS, that ex- that have a lot of their investments in fisheries in agriculture in textile uh they have a lot of hardware stores retail and what we're looking at in this very vibrant and agile economy is how can we enable the credit union to be at the heart of development given the fact that as i said earlier these small and medium enterprises some of them tend to be in the informal sector our role on the TFI is two prompt first We work with the credit union to be able to redefine the approach to what it means to serve small and medium enterprises. That specifically means how do we approach the know your customer uh, principle that exists within credits uh, or the way to issue our credits? How do we enable our credit unions to have a better understanding of their members who also have income generating activities at a much higher level? We are also working with our credit unions to really look specifically at the market as a whole and define it uh, based on their reality. What? How do you define a small, medium, and large enterprise without forgetting the micro enterprises? So that is one main thing that we are looking at and the importance of addressing the needs in the market. Because you also have credit unions that position themselves In in competition with other microfinance institutions and banks, how do we enable these credit unions to have a better um, a better position in the market? That is one of the main things in order to address the gaps in the market. The second problem approach is about formalization. One of the key aspects of our project is to empower the credit union, who are member owned and managed, and that's the important thing to highlight, to have a better approach to formalization, unlike other of uh, financial institutions that will focus specifically on the clientele approach, credit unions have a responsibility and a duty to serve their members. The fact that the members are also SME owners and have a lot of income generating activities, it's important for us to make the information available to facilitate the market insofar as ensuring our members do have access to the right um information when it comes to formalization, whether it has to uh, to, to do with uh, have e-commerce registry, a license, the proper license, the proper documentation from the government in order to operate uh, without any challenges and also uh, going as far as having audited financial re- records. These audited financial records also serve um, the credit union in a better way simply because when we are we are looking at how best we assess the risk involved with lending to SMEs in general, and this is proper to any financial institution, it's important to understand what is happening. So going back to your question, Greg, when it comes to uh, the need and the the need not being met by the market is actually the challenge that is really focused on on the informal sector. And the lack of resources for financial institutions as a whole to tackle that challenge. But for credit unions, we are changing the ballgame by putting them at the forefront, at the center and at the heart of developing these SMEs in order for them to
0: not only grow, be more formal, but also contribute more
1: effectively and efficiently to their economies.
0: Yeah, and I know you mentioned changing the ballgame. One of the ways TFI is doing that is by developing this SME lending toolkit for credit unions to help them improve their reach to those informal entities. What is that and how does it help credit unions or SACOs Savings and Credit Cooperatives as they're called in, in these countries?
1: The SME lending toolkit is particularly, if you think about it as a set of tools that either a carpenter or a mechanic will need in order to fix a roof, Uh, or to fix a car. In this analogy, what we are doing at the programmatic level as technicians is working specifically with the credit union to number one, have a better diagnostic of the current landscape when it comes to these credit unions and the ability to serve SMEs. When we talk about diagnostic, we are really assessing the the prudential norms. We are assessing ratios that they currently have prior to the to to launching the actual uh, work round to make them better. So we want to understand have that baseline. The second approach that we have in that toolkit is really looking at a market study. The program uh, through USCID. Uh, has funded various market studies when it came to understanding the position of the financial institution we're working with in the market with competition, having a strength, weaknesses, threat, and opportunities so analysis conducted, and third, being able to figure out what is the opportunity in itself when it comes to serving SMEs. How can we make the financial institutions we work with across these countries better at Uh, effectuating SME lending. Another key layer of our SME lending toolkit, which is the third one, focuses on our bread and butter, the actual technical loan underwriting tool. When we talk about a loan underwriting tool, it is pretty much a set of thought, deep analysis going from KYC all the way to credit scoring that is developed by us technicians on the projects so we are looking at aspects related to gathering the right data from the from the SME we are looking at information related to the income statement we are able to also look at balance sheet we help them build balance sheets and train these uh officers on balance sheets we are looking at cash flow statement and treasury how best we assess the cycles of of uh income generating activities what sort of depending on the nature of the business itself we're looking at liquidity solvency ratios leading down to an actual credit scoring that is based on five Cs of lending so for example the capacity to repay the capital the conditions of the loans the the, the character of the of the member that is borrowing and the, the 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 ability overall for the credit union to be able to assess and make an informed decision based on data on what it means to provide the lending needed by the, the member. Another layer that is found in our toolkit focuses on the training itself. I alluded to that a little bit talking about the loan overwriting. We have deeper financial analysis trainings that we provide to uh, these credit union uh, um, loan officers, including the, the entire value chain of uh, credit Um credit actors. So we're talking about the credit managers, credit committees, we're talking about agents, including the director of the credit union himself or herself. So with with, with that said, it's an all-encompassing a toolkit that also has aspects related to technology because our work also expand a little bit more into digitalization. I will touch on that later on today, but in our, in our SME lending toolkit, we want to ensure we provide additional inputs to the credit union when it comes to the platform. Uh, How best do we analyze this information? How best do we collect information? Digitalization nowadays has taken uh, the front seat in any activity either conducted by financial institutions or any other business out there. It's important for us to be relevant. So in our SME Lending Toolkit, we also include some aspects of that. We also provide manuals um, to ensure credit unions that work with us have the ability to better understand after the program ends what it means to do this work. We also do have job templates that we develop to have a better understanding or to help, rather, the financial institution or the credit union have a better understanding of what uh, is required out of a, a loan officer to have a stronger uh, approach to lending. So that SME lending toolkit overall for our credit union at the end of the day, enables them to have the strong set of tools, resources, and templates available at their disposal that is developed hand in hand with the credit union so that as part of the the, the growth strategy, they can include that and they can have that behavior change around what it means to go from, for example, multipliers of savings approach to lending for SMEs to having a better understanding when it comes to not only the members who have these income generating activities, but their processes. And at the end of the day, this also contributes specifically on the reduction of the portfolio at risk 90 days, which is one of the main key indicators leveraged by central banks uh, when it comes to assessing the health, the financial health, or the credit portfolio of a lot of our partners. So again, this SME lending toolkit is critical in ensuring these partners have the right ingredients to achieve the objectives.
0: First of all, you really explained that well and thoroughly. And it is such such an intelligent um, design, the toolkit, and it really does cover all the bases. That said, I assume that, you know, Kenya, Burkina Faso, Senegal, these are very different countries. Sometimes people, I think, think of Africa and think, well, a lot of those countries are the same. But in reality, the markets there are very different. So um, is it implemented differently in each country? Because I'm sure there are different needs. Absolutely, Greg.
1: Uh, As a matter of fact, it's very important to take into consideration aspects related to the market within which you are operating. And when I talk about a market here, even within a country, it is important to understand that the approach you will have at the rural level would be a little bit different than what you will be doing at the, at the, at the, at the urban level. One thing to keep in mind across these four countries is that as a project, we intentionally uh, decided to have literally four different economies. Even if you can make the case that Senegal and Burkina Faso operate within the same monetary and economic uh, community, which is the, the, the ECOWAS in West Africa, they are still very different economies. And the reason why we wanted to do that was to demonstrate a key point. By having this toolkit tailored to the needs of financial institutions where we are, it helps us scale this at a much higher level. For example, the work that we are currently doing in Kenya focuses on savings and credit cooperatives called SACOS in the shorter acronym term that's used widely in Kenya. What we do specifically, from one credit union to the other, given the fact that the credit union system in Kenya is more decentralized. And I will provide a key definition to help our audience understand the difference between a centralized system and a decentralized system. The decentralization of these SACOs within the union in which they operate with our main partner, the Kenyan Union of Savings and Credit Cooperatives called Cusco gives us a chance to build the tool slightly differently from one SACO to the other. The project has a base tool, a base writing tool that we have. And when I talk about a tool, I don't want it to be confused with the toolkit overall. The tool itself is the underwriting. And when we talk about underwriting, that's the one main component that changes drastically uh, when it comes to the tailoring process. Some countries will have one way to approach the cash flow, for example, and the cash flow here for those who are not technical is really the ability for a business on a day to day basis to have credit and debits or entries and out out pay for whatever expenses or revenues that they generate. We want to track that. And this tracking enables us to figure out how much cash is left over at the end of the day. Our work from one SACO to the other differs because in one area or one county, you can have a SACO that deals a lot more with tourism as a primary sector, while the other SACO deals a lot more with agriculture. And we have also additional SACOs that have other sectors of the economy within which they are operating. It is important for us to take that into consideration. And one main aspect of our work also within that toolkit and reason why the difference is important is on the market study. As soon as we do a market study, it enables us to understand how best we need to tailor the tool, the underwriting tool. And from the diagnostic then to all of the other elements that I've mentioned, we tailor it per market and per credit union. Going back to the point related to centralized versus decentralized system, in West Africa, we have more of a centralized system of credit unions. The countries that you've mentioned, Senegal and Burkina Faso, actually belong to a confederation of financial financial institutions of West Africa called SIF. And Cif is at the helm as a confederation of six national association of credit union systems in five countries, including Benin, Burkina Faso, Mali, Senegal, and Togo. It brings a unique opportunity because the way they approach governance within these credit unions feeds from the credit union itself at a country level to a to a network of credit unions within that specific country. So, for example, in Senegal, we work with Pamekas, and Pamekas has 28 credit unions within its system. But all the decisions are made at the helm, at the Pamekas headquarters level, and it's trickled down at the network, at at the specific credit union. If you come into Senegal, you will see each credit union having the same uh, approach to the color of the paint, to the structure within it, the, the the decision making or the policies are made at the at the at the at the helm at the Pemecas headquarters uh and then trickle down directly to the credit union compared to kenya where each credit union is independent and cusco has over 3500 credit unions of which about 359 are regulated by sasra which is the actual central bank for credit unions to make it easier to understand so given given giving that 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 contrast, the TFE project wanted to approach the dissemination of the toolkit in a tailored way, because if we are able to have a tailored SME landing toolkit in a centralized system versus a decentralized system, we will be able to scale this up to any other system where the same uh, realities apply.
0: Yeah, and I, I, you mentioned scalability, and really with all of our World Council International projects, that's something that we always look at because we've developed a lot of tools and a lot of toolkits and resources that can be transferred from one country to another, and, and Tfee is another great example of that. Technology, you touched on this a little bit earlier, Airpin. Uh, technology is the first word in the name of the TFI Project, Technology and Innovation for Financial Inclusion. So can you talk about the project's focus on using technology, specifically digital technology, to increase financial inclusion in these countries. Technology for us means a lot
1: of things and digital in itself is quite a loaded word. What we are doing at the TFE project are number one, we are able to work with each of these credit union systems to understand where they are in their process of maturity to meet the demands of the market. When we say meeting the demand, it's really looking at What are customers accustomed to today when it comes to technology? For example, a lot of financial institutions out there have the ability to To make available platforms whereby someone can literally sit down in their living room with their phone and apply for credit. And within a short amount of time, sometimes a few hours to a day, they have a turnaround that allows them to know exactly whether they approve or pre-approve for a loan or not. That's one example. The second example uh, of how we use digital under the project before giving some specifics is really looking at digital wallets. We are also very aware of a lot of countries, especially the ones we're working with in Burkina Faso, Senegal and Kenya, that are very advanced when it comes to using mobile wallets. Orange Money is very, very... um, Well known and uh, widely used in West Africa and M-Pesa in Kenya is also another pioneer of the mobile wallet business across the world. What we're looking at is how do we ensure the credit union is ready for what customers are demanding and are they able to meet that based on their current infrastructure. A third point also has to do with issues related to cybersecurity in general and also the ability for credit unions to have their data well kept, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, either server-based or cloud-based. And today, as we all know, cloud-based is um, the evolution. What we want to do is make our credit unions also aware of that. And now to go back to how the project is focusing on this. Some specific examples include, number one, facilitating the market. What we want to do is ensure that our credit unions have this understanding. When it comes to lending, for example, as I've touched on earlier, we want to ensure that our credit unions or SACOs in Kenya have the ability to make available digital platforms for SME lending, whereby an SME owner can easily have access to A platform on his phone or on their uh, mobile device in general and can apply for a loan without walking into a brick and mortar credit union. They can do that from the comfort of their business and have time to do other things. They have the ability to uh, save uh, either documentation that's required and so on and so forth. Our job is to really facilitate the market and ensure fintech firms and credit unions meet And are able to tailor solutions based on the needs of the credit union that derives from the needs of the market. Again, folks will be talking today about artificial intelligence. We have looked at aspects related to credit scoring, leveraging artificial intelligence on our project and seeing how our credit unions that are really repository of enormous data from members, how can they leverage that data better? We have had these discussions with our with our credit unions. More specifically, an exercise that we went through recently with a firm in Kenya called OB Advisory focused on ensuring our credit union pilots or partners understood where they were in a process of maturity, as I talked about earlier. We developed a tiered system, a, three, a three-pronged tier system that gives the credit union a better understanding of whether they are in the tier one, tier two, or tier three ladder. The tier three being the most advanced, uh, sort of picture-perfect uh mobile or digital credit union compared to to the tier one that is still starting the process of automating a lot of its processes. Again, our credit unions um, being regulated, including in West Africa, do have a lot of infrastructure. It's important to highlight that a lot of these systems are top firms in their countries. FCPB, for example, in Burkina Faso is the second largest microfinance institution in West Africa, I need to highlight. So they already have a lot of the backbone when it comes to servers, computers, uh, automation for a lot of their, their processes. But again, we want to make sure that they get to a higher level that is uh, similar to what you will find in a, in, in a bank. For example, banks are known to have a lot more resources available. However, our credit unions, nonetheless, are powerful. And it's then important for us to have this facilitation of the market and bring about thought leaders that can link their solutions to their needs. So for us, that's the way we are looking at technology on the program. We want to ensure that not only these platforms, but digital finance is defined more succinctly to a specific problem without going um, to other avenues.
0: You mentioned OBI. Um, That's just one. We're working with several top tier fintech firms and other uh, technology providers as well. What What are some of the other things we're looking to do with them? Yes, that's also another critical
1: part of the project and how we are approaching technology. Linkages and facilitation of the market is is the primary work of TP. It's important for us to identify, again, like I said, where the market is. Every single time nowadays that someone pops up their phone, they're able to have wonderful applications. And these applications are ever so innovative. It's important for us to then link the project leveraging the resources of the USAID project to bring about firms such as Microsoft Africa Transformation Office. And they're focused a lot more on building SMEs and these credit unions as well with us in these countries what we are looking to do with them is to bring thought solutions top of the market top of the line solutions that can enable credit unions to have access to them we also want tailoring and accessibility because these solutions can be quite expensive but it's important for us to 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 make sure as we partner with microsoft for example in the work that we do and conducting these assessments they can put forth solutions as they have done uh, to enable our credit unions to get to the next level when it comes to the digitalization journey. Another example is bringing top leaders in payments uh, and remittances, such as MasterCard to come in and talk to our credit unions in West Africa about different approaches and solutions that they have to enable them to leverage their digital wallet called Danaya Cash, and make it more agile uh, with the bank that is owned by this credit union called Lapinao in Senegal and making payments a lot more um, widely available. Uh, as we all know, MasterCard Visa and UnionPay are thought leaders in the payment sphere. Our job beginning the facilitation is bringing them to see not only the opportunity that is existing with our credit unions. In West Africa, for example, we're talking about close to 5 million members within the SIF network. If we are looking at that opportunity, how can we make these members that are also SME owners uh, more inclined to patronizing their credit union and having more resources available if they can use their debit card overseas, for example, to pay for goods and services across the world. So again, these thought leaders among other fintech firms that we have worked with, including Quara in Kenya or several other fintech firms that have provided a lot of uh, counsel to our credit unions, have shared knowledge or shared learnings or shared uh, potential solutions based on, based on needs that were identified. We are in a position today where our credit unions are very well aware, they have an action plan in place and they know how to get to their destination.
0: You have done a better job of explaining the TV project than I think anybody has done explaining anything um, on this podcast, so thank you for that. The TV project closes at the end of 2023, Uh, so just a few more months. What is the legacy you think we are leaving behind with it? That is
1: an important question, Greg, and one that kept me up at night for a long time as we were implementing this project, along with the amazing team that we have from Kenya all the way to Guatemala. That's one thing that we have put at the center of every single action that we have put forth as we were working with these credit unions. What legacy can we leave behind? As we all know, USAID or World Bank or any other project or donor funded project out there has a time limit. And in 2023, having worked since 2018 on the project, it's important for us to determine what are some of the key takeaways that our credit unions can have. We will not put aside the biggest challenge that we had to overcome, uh, COVID-19 occurring in March, 2020, where the pandemic was declared. It derailed a lot of activities, not only at a credit union level, but also at a problematic level. But we are proud today to say that Our credit unions have testimonies available related to what we have done to transform their journeys. We are looking at examples in places like Kenya where we were able to reduce portfolio at risk from over 30% for a lot of our credit union partners down to less than 2% in a span of about a year. That to me is wonderful news because the more you're able to decrease portfolio at risk ratio 90 days, the better members will be able to have access to more dividends at the end of the day, because the bottom line is touched at that point. We are looking at systems where we have developed a lot of a lot of resources when it comes to transforming the SME lending approach within the institution in places like Senegal. How do we take it to the next step? How do we empower and train um, Uh, loan officers and credit actors in this chain. And what we are hearing from our partners is that today they feel more confident in their ability to carry out a transaction more effectively. At the beginning of the project, when we spoke to a lot of these credit uh, officers, one thing that always came back was, oh, SME lending, that's not something we want to touch. And to me, that was the important key highlight. We do not want to touch it because... We are afraid of the challenges that comes with working with SMEs. But the conversation today is, how can we increase our resource allocation towards SME lending? Because through TIFI, we saw that it can be done. And having these discussions with loan officers and all the leaders of these credit unions, it's really, it's, 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 It's rich, it's resourceful, it's heartwarming because, again, we are looking at all the work that has been done and we are seeing a future. They are now able to talk about SME lending more effectively. I was at a conference in in February in Mombasa uh, where we had over 3,000 credit union um, uh, leaders that were in the room. And when we started talking about a project and we brought to the stage, a few of our SACO partners who were providing testimonies on the changes that they have seen. As soon as we were done with our presentation, I kid you not, we had at least a hundred SACOs that came over and said, "How can we be part of this great journey?" And to me, that was an amazing testimony of the work of the World Council of Credit Unions. How encouraging! Yeah, La- absolutely encouraging that they were coming over because they saw other SACOs talking about it. Our role is to put the SACOs at the forefront. They saw the change that was happening. So to us, the legacy that we are living is, number one, seeing SACOs transforming their lives and having a demand-driven approach to SME lending, being intentional about how best they can serve SMEs, including women. And that is another important aspect that we saw in the project. Our SMEs are more inclined to serving women because they understand uh, the nature of their participation in the economy. And that is also thanks to the TV project. They have a better understanding of their level of maturity when it comes to digital lending. And that in itself is key because one uh, credit union director just several weeks ago said, we are actually going to be upgrading our entire core banking system thanks to the work that you've done. And at this point, we feel empowered to use our own resources to do this. There is no better testimony than a credit union at the end of the day telling you, we will use our own resources to do this because you showed us the way and now we know how to get to a destination.
0: Airpin again, uh, just just great stuff. Thank you so much for for being on the podcast and explaining the TV project to us and 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 everything it's done, what it means, and uh, hopefully more uh, more CDP projects uh, coming along the way. Thanks, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Greg. It was a pleasure being here. A reminder that if you like what you heard today, you can find every episode of the Global Credit Union podcast by going to the newsroom tab at woku.org. We put out a new episode on the third Thursday of each month. You can also find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and just about anywhere else you get your podcasts. Until next month, I'm Greg Newman for the Global Credit Union podcast saying, remember to keep on serving your members.